Thank you for downloading this Mass Device Radio podcast. In this podcast, Glucose CEO Rick Altinger and Mass Device's Brian Johnson discuss Glucose mobile diabetes management app. Altinger describes the economics behind the Gluco platform, as well as the app's ability to foster easy communication between diabetes patients and healthcare providers. You're listening to Mass Device Radio. So, Rick, first off, congratulations on the uh, news about the Android um, app launch earlier this week. We're going to jump back into that in a moment. I'd just like to kind of pull back really quickly and, and look at this from a 10,000-foot perspective. You've been, you've been at the company for enough time now that you probably have uh, your, your elevator pitch down to a science. Uh, when you're telling your friends at a dinner party or people you're meeting at a dinner party what you do, what do you tell them? Um, we're about, you know, the end goal is to really transform the way diabetes is managed between the patient and their healthcare team. And that team includes their family, includes their healthcare provider, and, and, you know, it might include their pharmaceutical company that's increasingly going beyond the compound, uh, and their health plan that's trying to incent them to engage in disease management programs. Um, but to do that, it's about the data. It's about giving the patient access to their data and uh, both their blood glucose and other related data associated with managing their diabetes, like food and medication, uh, and putting that in a way where they can understand it and it becomes actionable and putting it in a place where the care team uh, can get access to it to help them manage their disease and ultimately to improve their outcomes, which means a lower A1C in the diabetes language, and that results in a lower cost, um, you know, in forms of less hospital days uh, and less complications for the patient. So everybody wins in that case. Right. So, it, but at the root of it is your the device connects and speaks with the glucose meter, correct? And correct. We liberate the data from the, the from the glucose meter into the platform the patient wants, their smartphone, mm-hmm. and then we put it in the cloud and do analytics on that data and help all constituents. So, I mean, at at first glance, when you look at the the technology, you you know, maybe if you look at it and you say, gee, I wonder if this is going to be potentially disruptive to glucose meters. Um, Is it it potentially disruptive, and and how do they play with you in the sandbox, so to speak? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I wouldn't say it's disruptive to to meters, it's disruptive to how diabetes is managed. Mm -hmm. And it's about allowing us in the industry to focus more on management than on measurement. So it's about management and doing something with that data than about just measuring. And uh, so the the meter companies are going to continue to focus on their uh, devices and their sensors. um, And we then for someone who's trying to do population health management, uh, give them access to the data across all the devices, in, in essence, mm-hmm. uh, or the vast majority of them. So the Gluco platform speaks with glucose meters of all sort of makes at this point, or are you, I'm sure you're still signing some folks up, but it, it basically works ac- yeah. across the spectrum with glucose meters? Correct. I mean, today it's, uh, it's on the order of two dozen, uh, of those glucose meters, and we actually just signed a, a contract with someone in the Middle East that is in the process of sending us um, uh, 
two dozen different meters, and we're pretty sure that we can integrate with those meters. Um, Roche is a partner of ours, and they've told us, for example, that the meters that are sold there in um, you know, the United Arab Emirates is really the same meter that's sold in the U.S., but it has a different skin on it, and it has a different name. Um, and so we have to do verification and validation testing with it, but the protocols and the data parsing routines that we have, um, they tell us will just work. So we'll, we'll see. We have to, you know, we're going to get those meters and do the verification and validation testing on them uh, to confirm that. And then we'll, you know, in some cases you're going to see us add a lot more meters because the meter companies, the way they brand, has, have different meter names. Um, but underneath them, it's the same underlining uh, technology uh, and meter. So maybe we could delve a little bit into sort of economics, business model, that sort of spectrum there. The market for Android is expansive and kind of growing uh, by the day here. But how important is it to get the Gluco platform, uh, the Gluco app on the, on the Android platform? What does it do for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big breakthrough for us. It's a new technology. Uh, it is another step with the FDA in terms of getting certified on a whole new platform, which really is a um, very different than the iOS platform. And most importantly, then, that lets us go after an entire population, right? Because you know, in the U.S., um, you know, almost 60% of the population now has smartphones, but over 50% of them have Androids. Um, you know, it's under just under 50% that has iOS, and Android is is growing at a much more rapid rate. Um, and uh, you know, in particular, Samsung uh, is the, the fastest growing uh, entity there, and we're you know announcing the beginning of a relationship with Samsung there as well. So it's it's really key for us uh, to have this because uh, now we can go after the entire population. Uh, for a health system provider payer uh, type of organization, and so yeah, like you said, uh, it seems like Samsung is sort of overtaking Apple here in the sales market. So, uh, what what were there mark, market differences between the two operating systems? Not to delve too deep into the weeds, but uh, how much of a change was it? And I know you, this had been in the works for some time, but yeah. So first of all, it's a different technology approach. Um, with the uh, iOS devices, we come in through the bottom connector, which is a digital connector. Right. Because of the vast array of different uh, hardware devices out there in the Android world, um, we come in through the audio port. So similar to the way that Squared uh, connects their credit card reader, uh, we do the same thing. We have a lot more data. You know, they're bringing over one uh, one set of data from a credit card, which mm -hmm. is, you know, you could me measure, you know, the number of characters. You know, it's like 20 characters of data or something. In our case, we're bringing over, particularly the first time you sync your meter, 500 plus readings and date and time stamps for each one of them, plus potentially some annotations and other header information. So there's a lot of data. So the 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 innovation for us is to do that using the audio port um, on the Android devices so that we can support now you know, dozens of different Android devices that all have an audio port with a microphone jack. Uh, it can't just have uh, enough for speakers. It's got to have, so it's a tablet, and all you can do is play music, mm -hmm. 
that's not good enough. It, it has to be a tablet that also has the microphone jack in it because we, we communicate in both directions uh, over that port. So it's, it's, uh, it's a different world, the Android uh, space. And, and I can talk, if you'd like, about some of the specific operating system issues and, and how the FDA, I think, wisely you know, really probed in in that area on us. Uh, yeah, maybe you could expand upon that a little bit without getting too deep in the uh, in the technology sure. there. So the, what the FDA said was, okay, if you're going to support these Android devices, there are, because it's not one company that controls both the OS and the Android hardware, um, you, you have less control and there's less uh, of a systematic approach. And so... They really delved in on and said, you need to be very specific about what devices you support on what Android operating system. So whereas in the iOS world, we say we support version, you know, operating system 5.x and above. And we make that claim and we do testing in advance um, to ensure that we do that. In the Android world, the FDA worked with us, and you know, I think they very wisely dug in and said, look, you should say what operating system you support on what devices. And sure, when a new operating system comes out, after you do your verification validation testing, you can do what's called a note to file and then say that you support that version. But you have to be, you have to be more explicit about it. And so that was one of the things that they dug in on with us. And, you know, I, I give them... Uh, praise for picking that area because it it really is a different world uh, than the iOS world. Was it a significantly different experience than when you received clearance for the uh, the, I, the iPhone operating system? Or no, uh, it really wasn't. Um, I mean, they their reviewers you know really dig into the details. Um, we we thought there it might be by the way uh, because in the in the time from when we submitted for this. Um, and uh, when we got approved, the FDA actually came out with their new mobile medical device guidelines that, that came out on September 25th. And um, we didn't, and we were glad when we saw that come out that it was really a summary of what they had previously stated. And it's crystal clear, you know, and specifically it's on page 14, uh, section two at the bottom of the page starts the section that describes. Uh, our type of system mm. and makes it crystal clear that we have to be cleared as a class two uh, device. So we didn't know if that would impact us. And at the end of the process, we confirmed with them that for solutions like ours and for solutions um, like the next thing we're going to do, which is a Bluetooth low energy version, um, you have to go through the, the class two uh, 510K clearance process. The Gluco app is free to download, right? But the cord is uh, around forty dollars to purchase. The cord that connects to Correct. the meters. It's free to patients to download, and then the retail price to patients uh, is thirty-nine dollars. Okay. Um, the the real business model stems from the, the ultimate payer, um, mm -hmm. and so in the case of in the Middle East, the the governments are reimbursing for remote monitoring and disease management. Mm -hmm. So they are, even though we're not billing the government directly ourselves, this partner of ours engages in disease management um, 
and gets reimbursed by uh, the government for that, and we will get both a uh, revenue stream associated with selling cables, mm -hmm. but then more importantly for running the service and the data platform, okay. uh, there is a per patient per month payment. Um, and that's the same approach that we are looking to do uh, here in the U.S. It's a little bit, the U.S. healthcare system is a little more complicated, um, but ultimately that's what we will do in the U.S. So is it, are you talking about it's a, a payment from the health insurance payer, correct? Yeah, okay. but, but the, ultimately it could be, for example, we're engaged in a deal right now uh, that we're not ready to announce the, the names yet, but um, they are going to act, it's a provider organization, that is engaging with uh, at-risk employers today and saying, look, I will manage your patients from a, you know, your patients with diabetes um, and, uh, and help them uh, manage their disease. And some of that will be in the clinic and some of that will be uh, remote patient monitoring. And so they will sell the service and market the service to directly to self-insured employers. Uh, that, you know, and if you go to a self-insured employer with 10,000 employees, or let's say they have uh, 5,000 employees, 10,000 total lives though on their health plan, given the family members, mm -hmm. that that employer is going to have, you know, on the order of a thousand people with diabetes. Right. And diabetes is probably one of the single largest. When they aggregate all the paid claims data, which they see on a de-identified basis, of course, and they roll it up by chronic disease, it's diabetes that's the single biggest cause of their healthcare costs. So, I mean, just to take a hypothetical, you're talking about company, very large multinational companies like a, like a GE type company could actually engage with you directly to help them uh, manage yeah, their costs? Either, but not necessarily that large, okay. right? It can be, you know, an employer with 5,000 employees mm -hmm. um, that is engaging and, uh, and, and, it, and or they may say, yeah, work through my health plan. And the health plan becomes the general contractor, in essence, to, to do this for not just diabetes, but for all chronic diseases. And then, you know, they would contract it out on a per patient per month basis. And, and this happens today. So, for example, Optum Health, Healthways, um, Alir are all disease management companies that get paid a per patient per month type of scheme for engaging patients in specific chronic disease programs. Mm -hmm. So you, you told us uh, in an interview over the summer basically that your, our business model is to get patients to use it, like it, and that's first and foremost the key. Step two is working with providers and clinicians and bringing value to them, and in conjunction with that or shortly thereafter, the health plan, the payer, and the coaches. I'd like to sort of dig into this dynamic really quickly. So let's look at that first, the patient. And how, I mean, it sounds like it's sort of a push-pull scenario where you, you, you want to you get patients first and foremost to I, I sort of latch onto the technology, use the technology, and enjoy the technology, and then they in turn bring that to the payer, the employer, or can we can we dig into that dynamic first? How are you sure. how are you speaking sure. and listening to the customers? How are you finding them? Yeah, so um, it, it's really multiple loops, if you will. Um, one of the loops is certainly, um, 
a you know we had a large health system in uh, uh, Pennsylvania contact us recently, and they said, "Hey, we had a patient walk in with a report that they printed from Gluco. We think this is great." Um, it's a, oh, excuse me one sec. Um, I'm just finishing an interview with a magazine. Sorry, someone's just walking in uh, the conference room. I'm in. It's okay. uh, so, uh, you know, in that case, basically the patient became the driver for the lead. They came to our website, uh, and the health system, uh, you know, is now engaged with us and wants to use uh, our product. Mm-hmm. And by the way, in this case with this health system, they are both a classic provider organization that, um, you know, bills insurance companies for everything in a classic, you know, fee-for-service type model. And then they're also going at risk with certain patient populations. Mm-hmm. So they're becoming more like a Kaiser type organization. And so they're a great fit for us because they can pay a per patient per month type fee structure uh, for some of their patients. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, you know, we're also being approached by um, some of the disease management and payer companies that are looking at diabetes and saying, this is a big spend area for me, and I need tools to help me better manage this. Right. And and then lastly, there's some pharmaceutical companies that are looking at it and, and saying, which is a big trend right now, to get beyond the molecule opposed to just selling a drug or an insulin, um, let's look at a um, end-to-end disease management intervention program where I do more than just deliver uh, a molecule or a compound. So the diabetic patient, and and in this sense, are we talking about type 1, type 2, or or both, or is it? Both. 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 I mean, everyone, when they think about type 1 versus type 2, right now, if you look at the costs, type, uh, you know, type 2 is the larger driver of costs. So um, when you're looking at it from a population perspective, um, it is, you know, type 2, you're always talking about type 2, and then sometimes you're also talking about type 1 because a lot of their needs are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we have in the U.S. right now. There's roughly you may you know, over six million people uh, on insulin, and the vast majority of them are type are patients with type two. Mm-hmm. Um, and the challenge, one of the challenges, is for example, if I look at a population, it's uh, uh, over a hundred thousand people a month are going on to insulin in the U.S. So they're new to insulin. And when you look at that population, they are, they need a lot of intervention. They need a lot of um, help getting up to speed right. and in managing their disease. Um, and yes, the majority of them are type 2, but some are type 1 as well. So, I mean, I know that I've been told before, you know, that diabetes is a unique condition because the patient is actually sort of their own physician in many ways. Uh, do you find that this is an engaged patient population that tends to find you, or do you need to reach out uh, and try so to find them? We, we need to reach out and try and find them. And really, the, today, you know, a patient can buy our product directly um, and start using it. But really, from a, a scale perspective and a growth perspective for Gluco, 
they will find out about us bought from uh, ideally their healthcare provider, which is the most trusted entity in the in the value chain, mm-hmm. and then uh, ideally standing behind them in support of them, teaming with them is the payer, which takes many forms, or the pharmaceutical company, um, or a disease management company that is a subcontractor to the payer. Mm-hmm. And the payer, you know, there's roughly three different types of payers. There are the self-insured employers, uh, there are the commercial health plans, and then there's the government, which is by far the largest, Medicaid and Medicare. Absolutely. So let's think sort of holistically at the diabetes market. If, if 10 years from now, glucose is wildly successful, what, what, will this, what will this market look like in, in your sort of opinion? Which, which aspect of the market? When you say this market, tell well, me a little bit more about Tell me about how, how do you feel like if glucose is wildly successful, how do you feel like you'll change the course of ch- treating uh, of diabetics managing their disease? You know, so it will look like more pa- patients being more engaged in their disease and, and it's more easy for them to engage in their disease, meaning they don't have to keep a paper logbook. It's just part of their life. It is, uh, and, it's, and it's part of their, uh, their life from a, in, you know, in their smartphone, it's engaged. They get prompts, reminders um, about what's going on uh, with them so that in their they're, they're educated, and if they forget certain things like, you know, how many carbs are in this food that I'm about to eat, uh, they can still, you know, they get that expert opinion, and they're, they're supported by the, the right type of care, by the right type of person at the right time uh, in the right place. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that's going to be mobile-oriented for patients. So instead of them, their care today is dominated by clinic visits, in the future, their care is going to be dominated by uh, interaction with their clinicians and the clinician care plan that they put in place. But that interaction won't take place as much in the clinic. It'll take place in you know, messaging via the smartphone and via the Gluco app. Uh, and there still will be you know telephone coaching sessions. Sure. So I think we don't envision cutting out the clinician that the the personal touch. Uh, of a clinician, but the clinician over time, and it's already happening, is going to look very different than the Dr. Welby that I grew up with. Um, It's going to look like um, nurse practitioners and diabetes educators and dieticians and health coaches Mm -hmm. uh, engaging with patients and nudging and encouraging them. Uh, Yes, there'll be an endocrinologist in the background setting up the care plans and such, but even the volume of patients with diabetes, there's just not an, there's no chance we'll have enough endocrinologists involved, and our and our system can't handle it from a from a scalability perspective. Um, uh, some providers talk about I need to train the army, which means in a large health system, it's uh, I need to make everyone have the same tools and expert systems that the endocrinologist has and can just you know, spout out, but we become part of that delivery mechanism for the expert system uh, in delivering that care. I also wonder if you look at, say, the Amazon Mayday button and the commercials they have out for that, would, could, that could you eventually see something like that even occurring, where they could, uh, a glucose user could hit a button and speak live to someone that, uh, 
a coach that maybe perhaps we Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I think, and, and or, you know, right now we're involved in a use case where we're going to feed data real time to a back-end disease management platform. Um, and we're in the, you know, design stages of this, but basically the, the, every time a patient takes a blood glucose reading, comes into our system, we trigger a message uh, on the back end to this disease management platform, and they, they are then set up with coaches and disease management people where, okay, I see this patient just had a 450 reading. It's Sunday night at 9 p.m. If I don't get to this patient, there's potentially a, you know, a, a serious complications. Hmm. And you, know, you, you receive a message, a push message and or a phone call from a coach that says, um, I see you just, I see you just uh, had this issue. Alternatively, you see you have a hypo event, right? You're driving and you realize, oh, I forgot to eat. Uh, and you start to feel uh, a little woozy. Um, at that point, you ask for help. And the clinician, as you said, uh, is available to you. Are, are you seeing this? Does it, it must take a company like yours to come up with these sorts of things because I don't think the hardware companies are thinking of this sort of no. paradigm, are they? Um, I mean, no, some are, some aren't. Um, <clears throat> some are definitely thinking along the lines of we want to get out of uh, just being measurement and into management. Mm -hmm. From measurement to management is one of the mantras that's been around. Um, and... The, uh, so some definitely are and realize their focus is on the sensor um, and getting better and better at the, the glucose sensor and the, um, uh, you know, and, and the strip and being cost effective with uh, that whole approach. So, uh, you know, there's definitely, you know, I would say Roche, for example, uh, is very forward thinking in that, uh, in that regard. It, so... Glucose currently right now is, is fully in the diabetes spectrum. Is there, do you foresee any other chronic diseases that could be managed in a similar fashion, or is this where you're going to stay here? Uh, yes and no. So if you had asked me a year ago when I was uh, about to join Gluco, I would have said absolutely, you know, in approximately two years we're going to focus on other chronic diseases. Um, but if you ask me today, given the size of the diabetes market and the need and the unmet need, um, I'd say that we're going to stay, today we are 99% focused on diabetes. There's some, you know, cycles largely of my time uh, that we're looking at some other chronic diseases. And for the next 18 months or so, it's going to be well over 95% of our focus. There certainly will be no other products uh, announced outside of the diabetes arena. And then at that point, we, we will look beyond it. But when you look at a disease that you know, costs the U.S. $245 billion a year, and that number grew by 40% in the last three years. There's 370 million people worldwide with diabetes, mm -hmm. 110 million of them, for example, in uh, China. It's, you know, it's at pandemic proportions, and, you know, the industry needs, uh, and there's, you know, specific needs of patients with diabetes that differ from uh, patients with asthma, for example. Right. But certainly some of the lessons apply across the spectrum. Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, at the same time, I will say that 
um, you know, one of our investors is Social and Capital Partners, and Social and Capital uh, uh, is an investor in uh, Propeller Health, for example, that is focused on the asthma and COPD space. And so we, you know, share some a little bit of information and lessons learned with them, and I think we will do more and more of that over time. Interesting. Uh, final question, and it's a broad question. What have you learned about diabetes that you didn't know before you took this position? Um, probably the single biggest thing I've personally learned is that uh, there's a little anecdote that people say, which is uh, if, if you come out and make a comment and say, you know, diabetes is the single uh, biggest cause of blindness, amputations, kidney failure, sometimes a person in diabetes management will correct you and say, actually, poorly controlled diabetes is the single cause of those, uh, those ailments. The bulk of the complications associated with diabetes can be avoided with proper glycemic control. And it is attainable with, our, with the tools and technology we have today. Um, and so it's, you know, it's fascinating that we can really change people's lives. Um, and it is a, diabetes is a data management challenge. It's about getting the data and turning, um, turning data into information, which means taking, taking raw pieces of data and, you know, running it against analytics and getting that uh, data converted to information for the right person, uh, and that looks very differently. So the, the data views that we, uh, when we convert that for a patient, is different than what uh, a clinician wants to and needs to see. Uh, so it's a fa it's really a, a fascinating disease, and it, 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 it surprises me. You know, uh, November is uh, Diabetes Month, from an awareness perspective, and um, I think we have a long way to go to getting diabetes really understood by uh, the, the country as a whole um, and that we, we can have an enormous impact and, and really not cure people with diabetes uh, necessarily, but we can uh, help them reduce complications. It, it's doable today. Right. Uh, so that's, that's fascinating to me. I didn't, I didn't realize that aspect of diabetes when I got involved in it. Yeah, it's incredible because, I mean, if you think about all the, uh, the all the devices and drugs and all the R&D that goes into the treatment of it and, and really what you're saying in some respects is that the management is, is almost the most critical linchpin of it. And exactly. While you're doing and the the, the yeah. good thing is the industry is realizing that, it, that we don't need another point solution. We need a system that helps intervene and is about management and ties together all the parties. That's what this industry needs, and, and that's what we're contributing to. Fascinating. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate the time. Thank you.